and we are live hi guys welcome to another episode of the Rams podcast i'm your host david and uh, we're going to cover the champions league matches that happened in the last two games last two days rather um england versus spain champions league um fixture in both leg in both um both fixtures and um as it stands the english side have a have have it in their side so they have one they've won one leg and also in our big story today we're going to talk about Conte's links to PSG, Lisonto Rash coming out and you know rubbishing the reports. We'll talk about the right back situation at Tottenham. We're going to talk about um, Jose Mourinho's comments about Daniel Levy. We'll talk about Conte's demand. So basically it's going to be an interesting big story segment today. But without further ado, let's go into the Champions League segment and let's crack on. Okay, we'll start with the Man City Real Madrid game. Man City winning this game 4-3. And um prior to the when the game was about to start, I mean Man City were missing missing out on some players, right? Especially Kyle Walker, who um their right back, right? They're missing out on Kyle Walker. And this forced Fernandinho to be play as a makeshift right back. Now, when you look at the fact that he was up against Vinicius, I mean most people will be like, mm, it's gonna it's gonna be a mismatch because he was up against Vinicius Jr., right? Obviously, in every single way, I mean Age aside, Vinicius Jr. is clearly fast, and Fernandinho is, 30, is 36 or 35 by now, and Vinicius is still in prime, so he's clearly faster than him. And then, it's not a mismatch, I was like, they're in big trouble. But funny enough, it wasn't it wasn't the case, because Man City opened the scoring through KDB, um, Kevin De Bruyne, 1 0, and Jesus scored the second. I mean, um, Gabriel Jesus, ever since he got linked with Arsenal, the guy just took it personal, and he has literally said, No way, you're not linking me away. But I, I think I think it's gonna be harder. I mean, it's gonna be hard. It's not the most shift out to the left wing or the right wing, even though he played there last season. Because I mean, Man City are getting in two new strikers this coming this come this summer. So it's up to him if he wants to play or if he wants to leave. And if he wants probably wants to fight for his shirt, I do respect him for that. But it looks like Man City have probably said, eh, you know, let's shake our hands and just accept that the fact accept the fact that we might just have to move on. Which which is fine. But again, I would say it. I hope Tottenham signed Vin um Gabriel Jesus, I mean, he fits the bill in every single way. He can play out right, right, center, left. He is good enough. He is good. He's fast. You know, he can finish. Maybe not as good as um, the world-class strikers, obviously, but he can do a job. And he will not be a second-choice, second fiddle. He will be somebody who will come in and do what is needed to do on the pitch. That's my take on Jesus. Anyway, back to the game. Jesus scores a continue. And then Benzema. Benzema scores. He scores again. I mean, it's almost like a given. Benzema starts. I mean, you're going to expect him to score. And I think they're on course to win this uh, La Liga. Um, Real Madrid and Benzema coming here scoring 2 1. Okay, when it was 2 0 up at that point, I mean, Man City looked clear like they would annihilate Real Madrid. And Real Madrid come back, came back to the game to score 1, to half the line and then half the score line and make it 2 1. Then Foden scores a header to make it 3 1. A cross from Fernandinho. Remember earlier I mentioned Fernandinho playing right back and I, I thought that, I personally thought that he would be very slow and he'd probably be a liability at the time. But, he played okay in general overall in the game because I mean if he was there to just do a job and feeling he's not really their long term right back but they probably got away with it or nearly did so I or nearly did so I thought because there is the other goal coming in right Vinicius actually absolutely did him right <laughs> the pace I mean I was watching the game I was like I was watching the like so Vinicius beat, beat him, right? I think he, he he opened his leg and the ball went through his leg and then he turned around. You know that skill. And Vinicius was away. And then I looked. I was like, where is the right back? Why is it, why is Vinicius so far from the guy? I mean, Fernandino was struggling. You know, I remember I remember Metesaka running running 
chasing Aguero back in 13 for this season. That's what the man comes to. I mean, he was like, and then Vinicius ran all the way and scored. I probably think if it was Kyle Walker. If it was Kyle Walker, I think it would have been a different different scenario. That particular thing would have probably wouldn't have happened. But it doesn't matter though, because Man City went to the other end and Benzema scored 4-2 to make it 4-2. And then um, Benzema gets a penalty. Um, sorry, Real Madrid wins a penalty. Um, handball on Laporte. Handball from Laporte and Benzema scores to make it 4-3. Now that was Benzema's 40th goal. And the quick the quick note, right? I hope people are. I, I won't stop saying this. I still, I won't stop saying it. I hope football fans appreciate the level of quality Messi and Ronaldo have delivered over the course of their career while playing football. Because if I keep it in the book, these guys have scored 50 plus goals every year from the from at a circle, from a point in their life. The point when they really began to hit it all, right? Began to hit it off on, in terms of their, their playing style, right? When they start to really, you know, find themselves. I mean, these guys were on 50 plus goals every season. And now Benzema scoring 40 goals is, you know, it's really been celebrated. Like, oh, it's a big deal. Mr. Ronaldo, I mean, even when Suarez even scored it, people are like, it's a, you know, it's a big deal. Mr. Ronaldo has been delivering this for a long time. I mean, imagine, remember when Messi won the Ballon d'Or in 2018? Ahead of Van Dijk, was it 2018 or 2019? And then a lot of fans were like, listen, they believe that Van Dijk deserve it. And Messi scored 50 goals that season, I mean, 50 or 51. And we were like, do you realize that if this was Salah or somebody else, or maybe even Man is scoring 50 goals, people would be like giving the Ballon d'Or. Messi scoring 51 is looked at as a normal thing, you know. And that is exactly why I said I do not really. Even me, I thought Van Dijk could have won. But when I looked back at it, I was like, listen, he scored 51 goals. He scored 51 goals in a season. If any other player scored that number, that is outrageous. Okay, it's not even no, it's not even normal. And Benzema scoring 40, and everybody's you know, it's like we just need to remember. It's just when those two guys retire, which obviously they are clearly coming to the end of their career, we're gonna miss those guys because at some point, Normas is being res- res- resumed, right? Normas is getting Normas, Normas is back, where the top goal scorer will be on 21 goals, and when Messi and Ronaldo are on their prime, top goal scorer will probably be like halfway through the top goal scorer will be like on 35, <laughs> which will be two of them. <laughs> it was amazing though, but yeah, Messi has scored 48 goals. Now, this is my whole take on this game, right? I think at 4-3. It is still not safe for Man City because Real Madrid are the king of comebacks. Real Madrid are literally the king of Champions League. They, are, they literally are the king of Champions League. I mean, I think they have 14, if I'm not mistaken. The three on the bounce, La Decima. Okay, they won La Decima in 2014. And they won, they won three on the bounce later, right? So, it's they made 11. So, I think they won 13, rather. 13 Champions League trophies. They are 13, they are 13 for a reason, right? And, listen, they are king of comebacks. I mean, I remember... Was it against Atletico Madrid when they came back and won 4-1? Was it against um, the other team they've come back against? Against Atletico Madrid too. They were 2 0 down, first leg. Although Ronaldo scored a hat-trick in the second leg though. But but the point here is that Real Madrid as a team, they are known for comebacks. They are known for that. And this is why I feel like, I think even against Chelsea, in the second leg, especially the second leg, where they came back and knocked out Chelsea. Yes, you could argue that it was Chelsea's fault, but it doesn't really matter, you know, they did the job that they had to do. Remember the comeback kings. Now at 4-3, it is still not safe. I know the way it goes. I'm still the way it goes. Most people have really forgotten about the way it goes because nobody really complains anymore. I mean, let's be real. The, the, the level of quality will still will still go to the Champions League. It is still there because a lot of fans are like, mm, it's still it's still man, it's still entertaining. I mean, at first it took time for us to adapt to the the lack of the way it goes, but over time we sort of adapted to the whole thing and then we're like, okay, maybe it's not really a bad idea. But over time, we'll probably see why it is. Because I, I still maintain that it's not a good idea. 
because eventually we will begin to see why because certain things will be incentivized to just you know pack the bus and fold their hands and just not want to play i think so but uh, because the aim of the away goal in the first place was to ensure that teams are incentivized to go away and get something i mean imagine let's say um for example real madrid playing against one mino for example away and the mean the so-called mino the less fancy side would go away and have an incentive to play to get something away because they know that an away goal would do them a world of good and then remember coming home coming to there but if they go away and then they lose maybe three two right and then they know that they have to come back home because i mean they know that their two away goal would do them good but that's exactly why the that's exactly why the thing the, the goal came about you know to give it to her a level of the two teams i'm sure to give the away team an incentive to want to get something away from home but I don't know. Eventually, we'll see. I, I don't think we saw the impact of it this season yet. We've seen the impact of it yet, because it's probably something that will take time to catch on. I mean, coaches they tend to coach and adjust their style of play some to the team, to to the um, to the rules of the competition most of the time. And I'm, I won't be surprised if they exploit it. I mean, remember the offside rules from years ago. Um, Arrigo Sacchi's um, AC Milan team. I think they beat Barcelona 4-0 in the, in the Champions League final. And there's an offside rule they, they exploited so much that they had to change the offside rule after that because they. So uh, it's, it's just one coach to just really exploit this loophole, and then you they will just really, <laughs> just change the rule again. Exactly, you know. But but that's it. I I, I think four three is not really a given. It's not really a good result for Man City. I don't think it's a good result for Man City. I mean, it's only going to the Bernabeu, and except Man City can go away. I mean, obviously they're not going to go to Madrid, but if Man City go to the Bernabeu and really pack the bus for 90 minutes and probably. I mean, yes, they played well against Real Madrid. They, they they just saw the game out, yes. But we, can they do that against Real Madrid? Because Real Madrid will go on and all at assault, and in front of the the fans, you know, who would demand them a lot from them? I don't think it's a it's a given. And if Manchester had won four two, or four one, or three one, I would have probably said mm, okay. But four three doesn't look. I mean, Madrid they have to score two. If Madrid score, if Real Madrid score two 0 they are gone. They are, they are qualified, right? Or they score three one. And the fact that this is goal, this game was even end to end. Also, reminds me of the Ancelotti sports was Everton Ancelotti. This is probably another one of that one was five four. It was end to end, end to end. It was a show of two awful defenses. But this one wasn't a show of it was a show of quality attacking from both sides, in my opinion. Maybe some defensive mishap there, but still it was interesting for the neutrals. But yeah, I, I think away, I, I think this game is still not done and dusted. I think the Real Madrid, Real Madrid still have a lot. Actually, their record in Champions League as comeback comeback kings, I, I think it's really not a given yet. It's gonna be interesting because the the team winner of this match will face either Liverpool or Villarreal, and um, these two teams have history with Liverpool, especially. I I will talk about I'll come to that game. They are Liverpool especially because. Man City and Liverpool, remember in the league, they have a type of mini rivalry with the league and they've been going at it for years. Even though Man City clearly are winning that one in terms of the. I mean, Man City are currently winning that one. They've been winning that one. Anyway, that's not the point here. They've been, having, they've been going at each other for the last. since Klopp and Liverpool found their way and since Guardiola arrived in the Premier League, right? So. Then with Real Madrid, 2018 Champions League final, Salah's shoulder being broken, you know, Liverpool fans feeling a bit of revenge, you know. So there's a, there's a history in this that these two sides have with uh, Liverpool. And Liverpool, Liverpool will be hoping to meet either of them. And speaking of Liverpool, Liverpool won their game 2-0 against Villarreal. Now, um, 2-0 against Villarreal. Listen, it's Liverpool or Villarreal. If it was another team, I would argue that Villarreal probably have a chance. But I think Liverpool, Villarreal most likely do not have a chance in this game. Not because they are not, they don't, they, because I just don't see how they will show Liverpool from scoring 
in Spain. I don't see how they would do it. I would be very surprised if they do it. I just don't see how they would do it. And looking at how they set up against... Um, yes, they knocked out Bayern Munich, yes. However, they had the um, the edge in the first leg where they won the first leg 1-0. And then they went to there and scored 2-1. And their style of play do not, does not really... Ex, ex, um, I won't say it, I won't say it like, but their style of play is not one that I would say it expects them to really go all out and score three goals in a game to see out a game, right? They they want to very conservative. They want to keep it tight at the back, which is what they did. Because I don't feel they were really keeping it tight. The first goal obviously was from a, a mistake. Um, Henderson was trying to cross the ball and then he came off the foot of the defender, which looped over the keeper and then it was one 0 Because Liverpool were really struggling in the first few minutes. Yes, they had a chance from Mane at first, but Mane headed the ball wide. But Thiago Silva hit the bar. Sorry, Thiago Alcantara. I keep missing those two names. Thiago Alcantara hit the bar. So it was an end. It was really. It wasn't really a set game for Liverpool because Villarreal were holding their own. I think that first goal, Villarreal scored, sort of opened up the game and for Liverpool to get their second. And then you know they have their game. It was money second from money to so get their second and then two nil up. But I I think if the game if the game was nil nil, I'll probably say Villarreal have a chance. But to be fair. You know, they most likely do not have a chance in this picture. I think Liverpool will probably have this in their hands. Only Liverpool can complete and ruin this chance. They have this in their hands, you know, and if they they choose to see out the game, they can. Well, well, we'll see about that. Anyways, I think that's that's my thought on the game. But anyways, let, let's let's talk about this in general, right? Let's go on money. I, th- I think um, money. I, was, I said it from my last episode. I said it again. Money has found a way back. He has reinvented himself. And this is only why this is another issue I have with the love of footballers who want to stay with one style. You know, as you as you age, there are certain parts of you that you will lose. You lose your pace. Especially if you're a player who relies on pace, you will have to focus on other parts of your game. And Mane has done that really well. You know, playing out wide, the pace that Mane has at 24, 22, 23, you know, at that age range, if was playing out wide, it was cool because he had a lot more pace to burn. He was younger. But now he's in his, he's 30, in and around, around that age, 30. I think he turns 30 this year, or if he's not 30 already, 92. So he turns 30 this year. So it makes a lot of sense for Manny to be a lot more careful. Well, let's say careful. No, I think he just lost his pace in general, right? So moving him centrally, so the pace that he has left, he's still fast. Don't get it today, he's still fast. But him playing centrally means that he doesn't have to use it as much as he would on the left and also he play on the left he would have easy to catch you know he's not as fast in, to do those his dribbles and all. so him playing centrally strong equally fast but he, he's not he playing out wide he's fast but not as fast as many fullbacks playing centrally he's fast and faster than most center backs so i, I think that's what that was, that's my point here so him playing centrally is really good for him and i said remember the last episode i also spoke about how i feel like he's positional um the flexibility back back then for when he joined from leipzig as a southbox rather sorry southbox his flexibility in his scouting reports and then he was Southampton also and then now so i think mandy has really really invented himself and it's really good that he has and i know he was instrumental in the champions league run in 2018-19 season and now in champions league run again he's, he's instrumental again so i mean Liverpool were close to selling him and now he, he's looking at they have to just keep and probably give him a new contract this summer but it is what it is. And Liverpool also, they are in talks to get Klopp a new contract this summer. I think Klopp wants to stay. I mean, if I was Klopp, I would stay. Stability, everything makes a lot of sense. You know, everything is here. I have all I would need. If I'm Klopp, I would stay. You have your, you have a settled attack line. And a younger one that is coming forward to really, you know, battle with the current ones. Then you have your centre-back settled. I mean, what he has to actually add to this is current side. If I was to the current side, 
it's not really as much. So if he leaves, you mean where would where would he go? You know, and I'm sure he's weighing up his options and thinking where would I go if I leave Liverpool? Liverpool is probably the best. I would say Liverpool is probably the best job for him at the moment. Because if he leaves, where would he go? I mean, which other top team wants a manager? I would give him the, and the level of control he has at Liverpool. I don't think he would have that control anywhere else. Because in terms of because he has done enough groundwork at Liverpool for them to trust him and say okay. Take take the reins and just do what you want to do. If he goes to Inter Milan, they don't have as much money, and would they really want to wait and readjust his style? I mean, imagine the stress he went through in the first season when he joined Liverpool, right? If he goes to, would he go to AC Milan? Would he go to Juventus? Juventus have Allegri, but would he? I mean, all the time to readjust and change the whole style doesn't mean to work out. See PSG, nah, you know, and Premier League will be cancelled for him if he leaves Liverpool because I mean, yes, he will get job offers, but. To be a lot more difficult for him to manage in the Premier League, knowing and knowing how the other members of the top Premier League tend to spend, or except Man City, and obviously not going to go to Man City, not going to Liverpool, it's not going to go to Manchester United. So most clubs are ruled out for him. But I think Liverpool is the best club for him. I think if I was him, I would stay for as long as possible. If something goes on in the future, maybe, but I don't think anything else. I think the way as it stands, Klopp and Liverpool are so in tune that I do not see Klopp anywhere else other than Liverpool. He fits that club so well. Massive respect. They have respect for him. Everything is in place. So, of course, if you're doing well, why not? And I think both sides, nobody's doing each other a favor. Both sides are doing each other a favor. Right? It's, I, I, I hope that makes sense, right? No one is saying, I'm doing a favor by staying here. I think both sides, both sides are each other. It's a symbiotic relationship. Delivering, they pay, delivering on the players he wants. I'm sure this summer they probably go out and really strengthen. But, yeah, this is what it is. Anyways, that's all I have to say for the Champions League game. Um, review um final is gonna be interesting like i said could be either liverpool versus man city or Liverpool versus real madrid if villarreal finally have a chance to sneak in you know find a way out it could be villarreal but i don't know i don't really think villarreal have a chance i'm being i don't know if it's been hard but i'm just trying to be realistic as possible but i don't think Villarreal have a chance oh quickly before i go before i go in the next segment liverpool are currently on course to have a quadruple so they have the league cup in the bag right they're chasing the premier league they're chasing the FA Cup. They're in the FA Cup still. So they play months in the FA Cup. And then Champions League run. So they have a chance. I mean, obviously, they have teams to overcome. The hurdles to overcome. It's not, it's not a given. I mean, obviously, I, w- I would wish they don't overcome those hurdles. But, um, they play Chelsea in the FA Cup final. Sorry, yeah. I mean, it's very lucky they'll beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final. I mean, I would rather they win the FA Cup than Chelsea. <laughs> but I think the Champions League and the league, that would be a lot more difficult for them. I mean, looking at how... What they have to to face you know i think it's gonna be a lot difficult but if it's i don't know we'll see though we'll see how it goes let's go to the next segment of the show let's talk about our big stories okay we're going to our big story we're going to do it as quick as possible yeah so the stories contest links to psg they've been really they've been properly marinated like like turkey in um like turkey being marinated by spices right the rumors have been going around and then conte's entourage did come out and you know at first said you know no such thing i think yesterday reports came out again that the entourage actually came out and said no that's rubbish that they're not really doing they're not really interested in the story so i think that's really enough to squash it but i'm sure when conte's press um conference happens in on friday i'm sure they would ask him about it you know what do you think? I'm sure they will ask him about it. When the press conference comes on Friday, they will definitely ask him about it. And, uh, and his answer will be very interesting to to see. Because it's not really... And honestly, it makes me wonder why these stories are popping up. 
is he is he is he leveraging on his is he using his leverage to try to make the club work to make the club act is he trying to use his leverage and the fact that the PSG link sort of makes me laugh because if they say they want it they get, because PSG's target is clearly Champions League because in Ligon they have Ligon coming out of their ears they have won it so much that it's not really a problem for them every year they don't win it, they, they have a problem right they win it so much Champions League is what they are targeting and Conte has a very bad record in Champions League I think he's going to Champions League final only once has he? It was it with Juventus in 2000 and, 18 or 2017, one of the seasons Real Madrid played Juventus in Champions League final was it Conte as much or was it Allegri? I think it was either of the two of them. Was it Conte? Allegri? Okay, no, it wasn't Conte. Allegri, Conte was at Chelsea at the time, so it was probably Allegri, right? I think it was Allegri. Then um, you had um, this guy as manager. Then, uh, sorry, at Inter Milan, got the Europa League final with Inter, although he lost it. You know, I mean, it's Sevilla, Sevilla like serial winners of that thing. My, my point here is like Conte no Conte is not really somebody you would say okay European competition come win this thing for me he might have a better chance that um, PSG obviously will spend a lot more money you know and all that but Champions League is not really his terrain I mean even at Inter he had players that probably could have done it he would have gone far with it at least but looking at his track record he's not really the guy for that kind of competition and also you know PSG should be, and people are saying PSG should target Zidane instead, right? But this is the thing people forget, right? Zidane is from Marseille and he's rumored to be a Marseille fan. Marseille and PSG hate each other, okay? If you, if you, if you, for people who don't follow the French league, um, I don't follow the French league either, but occasionally, I, as somebody who watches way a lot, I really do study a lot of football rivalries and. We know about um, rivalries between that PSG and Marseille, and um, just okay. Coming to England, imagine the North London derby, Liverpool versus Manchester United. You know these rivalries that are there, that are age old, and they hate each other so much. Um, I would say, well, let's say in let's say Turkey, let's say Turkey, Fenerbahce versus Galatasaray. That's another one I would say is really really tough. That kind, those kind of rivalries, they are also in. They, that's the type you see in this rivalry between. Uh, Marseille and PSG, right? They do not like each other. It's a rivalry, you know. So clearly, they really, really, they are at it. I mean, even the PSG versus, I mean, I remember what they were game after the game was really the rivalry, and then there were there was attacks outside the stadium by both sets of fans. That's how much they don't like each other. So imagine Zidane joining them. I'm sure Zidane probably Zidane, if Zidane is a Marseille fan, he probably has that ingrained in him to hate PSG, even though he played for San Antoine, San Antoine when he was younger, rather rather than you know rather than um, Marseille. Uh, I think people San Etienne for then some other French club before he went to Juventus, then from Juventus to Real Madrid. You know, even though that is the case, but I'm very doubt. But if there was no Marseille links, I think Zidane would probably be the shoe in to be the manager of PSG. But I really doubt. But I don't know. I, I don't know why they don't sack Poch. But it's 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 a very weird situation. And then another thing again, they might could they target Klopp? I don't know. They, could they? I mean, they have a lot of money in their coming out of their ears. Would they? Ta- could they target club? We'll see about that also. But I don't think so. But I think the links to PSG from Conte was, was very weird. Especially when the fact that they won Champions League and you know, he, he has, doesn't have the Champions. He's not historically known as Champions League winning coach. You know who actually does that at that business end. But yeah, that's that's what I've said about him. Other news. Um, Mourinho's Mourinho was asked about Daniel Levy, and he, I think reports came. And I've always wanted. Mourinho should really talk about this, but I know he won't. He w- maybe he will in the book, but if he releases the book, I would like to read it where he really, really talk about this particular incident because everybody, I'm sure every football fan or every sports fan should really, every sports fan that I know, even the ones who didn't like Mourinho, a lot of them did say he should have been allowed to manage that final. And 
he called Daniel Levy a unique, <laughs> unique person. I'm sure if, if the camera was off, he probably have another word to say instead. But I don't know. Maybe if the camera was off, he say something instead. But that's that's my own my own thing here, right? I, I, I think it was really weird. You know, Champions League waste days to the final. You know, I won't stop talking about this. I won't because it hurts me so much. It's finally a chance to end the trophy drought. And then you, the manager, the only manager has ever beaten Guardiola in the final. Even though at the time, even though Rodgers, even though Leicester won, beat them in the, in the um, League Cup, in the FA Cup final. But the only manager who had ever beaten Guardiola in the final, you guys fire him, and then you put his assistant, put Ryan Mason, who has only managed under 18s. And why? Because you want to prove a point or what? And a lot of fans were defending, and the fans, a lot of fans were telling me that, oh, um, we would have lost anyways. Okay, even if we had lost anyways. The manager who carried them there, let him be the one to do it, okay? And besides, Man City lost to Leicester eventually. They lost to Brighton also in that same run. So what was the guarantee that they wouldn't have lost to Spurs in that League Cup final? What was the guarantee? Exactly. You know, you, you don't know that. Oh, it would have. We, you don't know that. Nobody knows anything. We don't know. We only know statistically it favored Mourinho to win that final. And Ken even said, okay, uh, Mourinho was preparing for that final. He was preparing for it. And if you're preparing for it, well, he's a master of finals. It is no surprise. I think he has only lost only one. With somebody with that kind of track record in finals, it is a no-brainer to let him manage that final. And then you fire him if you want to. Even though I think you, I, I don't think Mourinho should be fired. I still hold on to that opinion. I don't think fired because the problems that problems that sports are still standing there you know and a lot of fans are opening up their eyes even though some people have opened their eyes long ago to say because look at daily ali for example Mourinho wanted to let daily ali go on loan in january 2020 right and what did fans say was it 2020 or 2021 fans are like no um he wants he, he's holding back and a lot of fans bought this idea this mentality say, oh he's holding him back just where he's holding back Rashford holding back Pogba and look at the players look at the players you guys are coming is that not enough for you to know that these are players that they are not even serious at their respective clubs is, is that what you is that the attitude you want at your club and look at Dele Alli now we will not even get near that amount for Dele Alli if you think about it and I wish he had gone to PSG I, I, I somebody like I wish he had gone to PSG a lot of fans you know and now we've seen now sports will never get any close to that money for sports for, for him it's just like they let the hatred for Mourinho blind their eyes so much that they refuse to see logic in every single thing you know, and there's nobody that will ever tell me that managing Mourinho should not manage that final. I will take you seriously. There's nobody that should ever told me that. If if you, if you tell me that you want to be fired after the Champions League final, fine. Sorry, League, League Cup final. I will not argue with you. I would say okay, that means. But to tell me that he will not be fired, you shouldn't be fired. You should be fired before the League Cup final. It was the right decision. And I would say I don't think you know what you're talking about. It's just, it's just it. The, the squad is still and now. Everybody and now this is everybody's wanting. Everybody now wants most of the players gone. Most of the players Mourinho wanted gone. A lot of them are, a lot of fans have said, okay, we want them gone. Even though this is what he said, I mean, Ndombele, right? He had shown, even though he finally found a way to make Ndombele look good, make the players look good, he went to a lot of players that we all wanted out, we currently want out. And now look, look exactly what we're seeing. Dele Ali, Winks, even though, yeah, he said he trusted Winks, but I'm pretty sure he wanted to sell Winks. I mean, let's be real, because he, I'm sure he to sell most of the squad. If you, you can't tell me that Mourinho had someone like Zakaria or even Bentaco at the time last season. You can't tell me that Mourinho wouldn't have put wings on the bench. I mean, you most people play wings because they just don't have a choice. That is exactly why wings was seeing game time. And look, when Bentaco comes in, get, came in, guess what? It's Bentaco and Hoybeck in midfield already, right? And exactly. So it just shows a lot that if they had better, they would play better with somebody. They'll play somebody better. 
if they had somebody else, even if they played Eric Dyer, they played somebody else better than him. Just get the manager who they want. And speaking of managers, how have we been able to downgrade from right backs across the last five years? We had Kyle Walker, 2017, from Kyle Walker to um, Walker Peters, right? Was it Walker Peters? Walker Peters, then Trippier came back, obviously. So let's say Walker to Trippier, Trippier to Orie. At some point, Trippier and Orie together as right backs, right? So should I go in pairs? Anyways, the girl, I mean, we had Walker, then Trippier, then Orie. Let's say over a season because Walker Peters came in once in a while. So Walker, Trippier, Orie, right? Then um, um, we had Walk. Was it Walker Peters? Oh no, I think Foyt at one point. Was it Foyt at one point? And now, how can we go from Orie to Royale? You know, it's it's again, it's just a lot about this the scouting and the recruitment side of the club. It's a lot about how they have a, they're doing a very bad job at recruiting players, at sporting players that would be good for the club and recruiting the ones that would improve the club. I hope we get it right this summer and get a proper right wing back. And this is another thing again. Another thing also, Conte is demanding for six players' experience. And when he says, and this is one thing a lot of football fans always make a mistake. When they say experience, they think old. Experience doesn't mean old. Experience just means you've seen a lot. I mean, somebody who's 21 and has played 100 games, that's experience. Kulisewski's experience. Kulisewski had played for Parma. He had played for Juventus. That's an experienced player. Bentacor had played international football. And likewise, um, Kulisewski, right? Bentacor had played for Juventus. He had played, you know, I think in, in, in Argentina. I think in Argentina also. So, this, that's experience. Somebody who's 25 has have experience also. So, it, it just doesn't matter. As long as you're experienced and you're good. And I don't care if somebody's 30 years old or 35 and they are signed. Look at Thiago Silva at Chelsea. You think that guy, if he has started for sports, you think he would not improve sports at the time when he joined Chelsea at 36 or 37? Exactly. If you're good, you're good. Once you have the ability, that's what that matters. I don't really, I'm not somebody who cares about age. And not again, why is that fans are really upset? Why should you worry about, oh, longevity? You're not the coach. Let the ownership manager worry about it. Your job is to come to the pitch as a fan. Or let's say you're... Um, duty as a fan, obviously you pay for it. Obviously, as, as an somebody has been, you you should expect to be entertained on the pitch when you come to watch your your favorite team play. Worrying about their age, you're not paying their wage, you're not paying anything. Oh, technically you are dope. I mean, what I mean, you're not let you the, the let the club worry about certain things, and you just worry about the things you have to worry about as a fan, which is watching your team play on the weekdays. New players are coming in. If they will improve the squad or not, and that's what you should be curious about. Obviously, a lot of fans have turned into accountants. They help the club to balance books, which is very, very weird. But when he and you will say back manager, the manager demands for this player, and you guys are up and I'm saying no, we don't want. Why won't you let the person who I don't uh, I don't manage the club, let the person who wants to manage manage the club the way he feels he would do it for a good job. If he if he doesn't deliver on what he claims, then he's fired. I've, all the time I've seen sports fire managers. I mean, apart from Nuno, right? There's or maybe to an extent, right? Nuno to an extent, but every manager that's what I fired. There's always a case of should, could have, would have, should have. You know, should have backed him. There's always a should have backed him. Should have backed him. That is always a that word is always arising. It's always popping up. Should have arrived. Should have backed him. Should have backed him. Which means that the club they are not backing their managers. It's just the reality. Is what it is. But anyway, another, anyways, in other news, Oliver Skip is out for the season, and our medical team again showing why I think they probably should be replaced. I mean, this is con- this is really bad. It's awful. I mean, at some point we thought he was going to be out for some few games, then some few games, and now he has done surgery in America, so he's out for the entire season. Which I, I think it was really a disgrace. It was really, really bad. It's, it's a bad, 
it's not really a good deal. It's not really a good thing that we we have when this situation and now the fact that I wish Oliver Skip would have been available because look at the formation we play, a three four three, right? And the, the games against Brighton and Brentford, we were actually kind of around in midfield. Looking at the bench and bring somebody on, you look at Harry Wings to make it, if you want to make a three man midfield, do you think Harry Wings would be good enough to do it? Because knowing that he can't really dominate a game, so to bring him into a, a game, a three man midfield to ensure that you can he can play, you know, he can. And if we had Oliver Skip, I mean, the midfield, three man midfield would probably be easier to, and much better to watch than watching Harry Wings play sideways and back passes. <laughs> But anyway, it is. I mean, the medical team probably needs a revamp and probably just need to check themselves, in my opinion. But I, I think it's a disgrace that sports are having these constant problems. Anyways, this is what it is. At the end of today's show, I thank you guys for listening to today's Thursday show. And Monday when we return, we're back with some more football updates. And hopefully, sports win their game this weekend against... Um, ah, who are we playing against? Leicester, yeah, against Leicester. It's on Sunday, right? I think it's on Sunday. Because Leicester are playing in, Europe, in the Conference League semi-final against Roma. And West Ham are playing in the Europa League semi-final against um, Frankfurt. So, um, we'll see how it goes. But by Monday, we'll get more reporting on football in general. See your host, David, and um, have a nice weekend. Take care. Bye.